Good morning, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you for being here today at First City. I tell you, yesterday was so much fun watching those little kids at, uh, at this. Let's give them pumpkin to talk about. What a great event that was, right? And so watching them just carve their pumpkins and the competition and the music and watching some of them dance around, I got so much energy just being here. And so for those of you who arranged it, organized it, planned it, for Monica, I see, uh, I don't know where your wife is sitting, she's probably in the back. Man, God bless her and uh, all those who worked on that event. And then those children are so excited. You know, it's like they've been waiting forever. I know we're, uh, we understand more about, you know, the seriousness of coronavirus, but they're just like, why can't we go or why can't we be there? So for those of you who are trusting us with your children, we're doing everything we can to make sure that they stay safe as we want to make sure that you stay safe through all of this, right? But man, I'm so glad that they're back and that all of that is open. And then with uh, Growth Track coming up, let me just speak to Growth Track. Uh, oftentimes people come up and say, hey, I, you know, I've been coming here for several weeks and I'm wondering what is my next step if I want to begin to partner or learn more about First City Church? Well, it's called Growth Track and Savannah made that announcement. It is Friday night at six o'clock and it's actually going to be just upstairs. You can come in this door and go up. In fact, on all four corners are stairs going both up and down and we're just going to serve a meal. We'll have the babysitting and we will answer questions about what was the vision that God put in our heart and when did we get started and, and what's happening with that and, and what's our future. And You will get to meet our leadership team and hear more you know, about what God is calling us to do and all we want to do is be his people. All we want to do is serve him. And so if that's you, then come and join us. All, you'll get to meet all of our ministry teams. All of those leaders are going to be here. And you'll get to see how can I get involved in small groups and how can I join a team and begin serving, you know, for Christ. And, uh, and then Orphan Sunday, which is next Sunday. Taryn is going to be preaching. No one, no family has done more in this than Taryn and Jesse Howell, right? And so they really... You know, led, and for those of you who are brand new and you're wondering, well, how did you get into that? Well, as a church, we used to do these one-offs. We called them serve day. And we would go and we would serve for a day and come back and serve for a day and come back. But God began to convict us that we needed to take a deeper dive into what's going on with our abandoned and hurting children in our community. And so we just made a commitment. We're going to jump into foster care, and we're not going to go until... We no longer have a crisis in our county. And actually, it's the district area, which is four counties. And so we've been doing that. And so next week, you'll hear a little bit more about Orphan Sunday and what we're doing and what God is calling us to do. Your generosity overwhelms me. We sponsored so many families. We're going to provide a Thanksgiving meal for every foster family in four counties. They call it the District 1 area, but from here to Okaloosa, Walton area... And so you are helping to sponsor that. And each meal costs $50. And so we had a whole bunch of pumpkins up here. And people came and took all the pumpkins. For those of you who are online, thank you for your generosity. And for those of you and you in the house, if you have not yet sponsored a family or two or half a family or whatever it is you would like to contribute, you can still do that. And you can write a check and drop it in the boxes around, you know, in the building. Or we also have this online. You go online. And just go under About Us. There's a Give button. And under that Give button, you'll see there's three different ways to give. And when you, a give. And when you want to, you just click on the Online Giving tab. And it will give you a drop-down menu. 
There's our general fund. There's our Feed Foster program, which is how we've been feeding these foster families every other week, sometimes once a month, you know, since April. Man, God has done so much good work in that. But this is Orphan Sunday. So you'll click on the Orphan Sunday tab, and you can contribute as little or as much as you want. And every dime of that just goes to foster families. And we just want to tell you thank you for your generosity. They are overwhelmed. And we've had, you know, in the foster care world, it's overwhelming. And, and you're taking in, bringing in these children who oftentimes come with a lot of woundedness. And it's not easy. And when, when we deliver a meal, it says two things. One, we just want to give you a, you know, a good, warm, hot meal, you know, for tonight. But what, what it really says, number two, is we are thinking and praying about you. You are on our hearts, you are in our minds, and we're not going to let you go until we all find success for, for the good of these children. And we're just saying thank you. And so many people are so blessed, and they all say thank you, by the way. So participate with us in that. Now open up your Bibles to Second Peter, and this is, we've been trekking through, this is the last lesson that we're going to have in Second Peter. And, and actually with Peter, he's like, you know, uh, I want you to know that that this, the, the times you're suffering through, you know, right now are, are not going to last forever. But Nero was killing as many Christians as he could because he wanted to rewrite Rome in his name. He was burning Rome and laughing about it. And then all of a sudden, people started turning against him, and he had to deflect that somewhere. So he deflected it toward the Christians. And as all of these Christians were losing their life, they were losing hope. And they were losing their desire to live. And some of them were turning their back on Christ because it was the safest thing to do. And now what you have in Second Peter are the last words of a dying man. And so as Peter was dying and people collected the messages that he gave and put them in what we call the letter of Second Peter. One of the things said at the very beginning of that book, and here's Peter... For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. But I want to work really hard so that you'll remember things that are really important. And he gave us two or three things, and here are the three things. And so if you have an outline, if you do not have an outline but you are a note taker, then raise your hand and we'll get some of the guys in the back to bring you an outline. They're sitting on the back tables and they're also up top. Everybody have an outline who wants to take notes? And so uh, can we bring uh, some up here to Lee? Lee won't thank you, John. Thank you, guys. Jim? Oh, we have several. Bring several with you. Now there's one person raised their hand. More of us are like, you know, me too. Just if you're going to bring them, as well just bring them to me. I love taking notes because I forget things, right? And so when I hear something, I want to remember it. And this is also for your Bible study, you know, during the week as we're just moving through the week and, and you open up the book and start reading more. So here are the fill in the blanks on the front side of that outline. Number one, keep growing in the faith. And this is from chapter one in Second Peter. Keep growing in the faith. And one of the things that Peter said was this, you have to take responsibility for your own faith development. Now we are here to support you in that, to love you in that, to encourage you in that, and to make it easy for you to take the next step of growth, whether that's in a small group, coming here on Sundays, joining a serving team, a discipleship relationship, but you must take your own initiative to grow your faith in Jesus Christ. And so Peter said, 
you know, just you run after it with everything you have and supply your faith with this uh, generous portion of. And he gives you a roadmap. You want to know how to grow in your faith. And in chapter 1, we talked about this last week. You can listen to the message online. But it's like, add a generous portion to moral excellence. This passion of discovering what the character and nature of God is and how can I incorporate that into my life. This passion to really pursue morality with excellence and you see it in the heart of God. And in order to do that, add to that knowledge. Because you want to find out more about who God is, who Jesus is, and what they're calling us to do. And the more knowledge you get, the more self-control we're going to have to have. The more I'm learning how I should behave, I need to just start incorporating that. And he said, you're going to need a healthy dose of, you know, self-control to start living differently. And you're going to realize how imperfect, you know, we really are. And so add to that self-control some patience, you know, just... Real, enduring, just be patient because we got a long way to go. Amen? I'm just speaking to myself right now, right? So I got a long way to go. And add to that godliness, which is God in you coming out. And so my godliness is it's directed on, okay, God, I want to walk the path that you've given to me, and I'm going to walk it with other people. So they should see God in me. And as I'm walking that path, give me some brotherly love. Give me some brotherly kindness, some brotherly affection. They're all on the same path. I need to realize they're on the same path as I am. And if I'm ahead and somebody's acting in a way that I've already grown out of that, I don't look down, I don't criticize, I don't slap them, right? I love them. I partner with them. Hey, you know what? We need to be doing this together. And it ends in agape love, unconditional, we're going to do this because that is what God has called us to do. All that's in chapter 1. Keep growing in the faith. Today, we're going to talk about chapters 2 and 3. Don't, chapter 2, don't let anyone lure you away from God. Because we're living in a world that is constantly drifting away from the things of God. Amen? And there's a big pull to eliminate God out of everything. And isn't it amazing how that ungodly people will go public to tell you godly people to keep your stuff at home? You, don't, you keep God in your home. You don't bring it out here. They go public to tell you to do that. But if we go public, they get all mad. And what Peter is saying is you can't, you, you can't keep private what God meant to change the world. But don't let them lure you away from God. Because they're false teachers. Sometimes it's in the church. It's out on the street. And our mission is out there. People who don't know God. And so is theirs. And so you're fighting against a world that's trying to move, eliminate God out of the equation. Don't let them do it with you. Don't get sucked up into that kind of a world. Don't let them lure you away from God. And then number three, don't get frustrated by Christ's delay in coming back. You're going to wear out. You're going to get tired of constantly fighting against those who want to stop your voice and eliminate you or your godly influence from any and everything. And don't get frustrated in that. Right? Christ is going to come back. Amen? Amen. And he gave us some signs of when he's going to do that. Amen? Amen. Are any of them good? Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. The world is moving away from God. 
And he's counting on the fact that we're not going to get so caught up in that that we forget our mission. So that's, these are the dying words of Peter. So let's dive into it. Chapter 2. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. There are going to be people all in, in, in churches, in your communities, on the streets, on the news, out in public. There are going to be people, and all they want to do is, is teach that there is no God. They're going to deny the one. They're going to deny God. And, and, and they're going to pawn themselves off as experts. We're the ones who know about. We're the ones who. And he goes, he goes into it in great detail. And so I'm not going to cover all of chapter 2. I'm only going to do about the first nine verses. You read from there through the end of that chapter. And he said, these animals, they, they're, what they're doing is they're, they're moving people on a path of destruction. And God is going to destroy them too. But he's like, they're, they're there, and they're everywhere, and their voice is growing, and they are loud, and they can be obnoxious. And, but, but that's not even the biggest problem. Here's the bigger problem, verse 2. Many will follow their evil teaching and their shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. He's like, a whole lot of people are going to follow that voice. They're, they're going to assume also, well, there is no God, or he doesn't care about us, or he's silent. And so they're going to say, why are you a believer? Why are you following Christ? You know that's a myth, right? You, don't, you know that's not even true, right? I mean, there's so many discrepancies. How do you even know the Bible is the Word of God and all this stuff? So that we begin to just turn our back on God or what he's called us to do. And he said, and as bad as it is, as powerful it is, as much as, as they're wanting to claim and say, wow, like, you know, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, where it's a big image and a little man behind a hidden curtain. Really, at the end of the day, it's nothing more than this. In their greed, they'll come up with clever lies to get hold of your money. At the end of the day, people are wanting to get wealthy. And turn you away from God at the same time because it keeps them from being convicted. And so, there is a path. There is, there is a voice that wants to lure you away from God. And he gives three examples. And so, the next few verses, starting in verse 5. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. This one happened even before man came onto the scene. If you remember, and you can go back and read Old Testament prophecy that there was division in heaven. There was Satan who wanted to be God. And he persuaded a third of the angels to rebel. And God cast them out. And cast them down. And so it's like, this has been going on for a long time. And now there's a battle over the world. A battle over your soul. How good are they at their job? Well, here's an example number two. And God did not spare even the ancient world except for Noah. And if you go back and you read Genesis and you're in chapter 6 and you're like, wow, all the way through. In fact, you can just read 6 through 11 and you're going to see the thoughts of man were continually evil all the time. And God decided, I'm just going to destroy the world. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God spared Noah and his family. Right? And then he said, here's you another example. 
God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but God also rescued Lot. He's like, see, the real sin of Sodom and Gomorrah is they rebelled against God. And that showed itself in a lot of destructive behavior. And so God rained fire and brimstone on those two cities, but Lot and his family escaped. And so these are just, and Peter's like, these are just examples for what? Peter, what are you trying to tell me? Well, you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials. There is a world turning its back on God, and most of the world goes that direction. Did Jesus not say that? That there is a wide path that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life, and few there are that stay on that path. He's pleading with you. Here, this is Peter just pleading with you. There's a lot of people going in the wrong direction. What about you? You're the, only, you're the only voice of God in our community. Now, we live in an area where there are 400 churches, right? This voice should be loud in our city. But I, I think I shared this with you last week. An interesting statistic is that not even in Pensacola proper, the city of Pensacola, not even 38% of the people inside the city limits of Pensacola claim to have faith or belief in God at all. I'm, I'm just shocked by that because it convicts me I'm not doing my job, right? And, but God knows how to rescue you. When you get tired, if you're like, man, nobody is, what, what, God, what are you going to do? How can I? He's like, man, listen, God knows how to rescue you. It does not mean that there's not going to be casualties along the way. It doesn't mean your life is going to be easy. But God knows how to rescue godly people from trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment to the day of final judgment. And so, whatever you do, if, you're, if you find yourself in a world that's trying to eliminate God, you stand firm. Don't let anyone lure you away from your mission. And then, he said, don't get frustrated by Christ's delay in coming back. Because, man, people want to give up. It's just too hard. I'm not going to speak up. I'm, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. And, and I just, son, I just want to quit. And he's like, man, don't do that. Don't get frustrated. Because people are going to try to tell you that, man, listen, God's not around. Look at what he said in chapter 3. Most importantly, I want to remind you, in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. You really believe God's alive? Are you kidding? Nothing's changed. Oh, I know you're holding on to this hope. Oh, one day God's going to come back and he's going to rescue me and I'm going to have a home in heaven with God. He's like, you got to be kidding. What has God done for you lately? Just show me evidence that God is a... Are you telling me that all your prayers are answered by God? I mean, they're just scoffers. They're mockers. Come on. Come on. Only kids believe that kind of fairy tale stuff. And, it, and that voice is going to grow. And they're going to cause you to doubt, well, when did God answer any of my prayers? And, and what is happening? And is he really going to return? Is he really going to take care of us? And he gives three more examples, really, that are parallel to the three examples he gave you in chapter 2. The first one is like, do you believe that God made the heavens and the earth by his own word? That he just spoke it and it came into existence? Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that the land came out of the sea and he surrounded us? Every time you set your foot on solid ground, do you believe God placed it there for you? Right? That's his first example. Do you believe there was a God? Do you believe that the world was destroyed with a flood? You know, and do you, so did he destroy it? Was he active? Was he watching? And did he spare those who were godly? And then, like it's in reference to Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, and don't you know that right now he's going to come back? He, is he going to destroy our world with a flood? Yes or no? no. What's he going to destroy it with? The present heavens and earth have been stored up for the fire to destroy ungodly people. We know that, that if God, if, if he tarries, if he delays, that one day our world will be destroyed by the judgment of God, right? And so he says, what are you going to do in the meantime? God is active. He is alive. He always has been. But God doesn't view everything like you do. He continued, you must not forget this one thing. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. God doesn't view time like you view time. He doesn't view your heartache like you, right? God's like, look, if, if you're on the path to heaven, and I know that your life is secure, then I might be patient. I might wait. I might not destroy everybody. Why, God, don't you care about me? Yes, I care about you. But don't you think I should care about those persecuting you too? Do you think my heart should be that they should just go to hell? Or do, is there not something inside the heart of God that you want to also make sure that everybody goes to heaven? The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. Some people think, no, no, no. He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Did he not tell us, love your enemies and do good to those who despitefully use you? Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. It's like, man, there's, it should raise the stakes on who you are and whose you are and how you live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. How do you hurry along the day of the Lord? Well, lead all the world to the Lord. And when everyone's saved, God will come back. Just hurry it along. Do what he's, we have to do what he's called us to do. And then he ends it with this. So be on guard and then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must, and he's going to end the way he started, growing faith, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just keep growing in the Lord. 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 Now, I want to end today the way that Tyler really started off our worship. I want us to spend some time in prayer. And there are two things that I just want to say to you just as your pastor. This is, this is a freebie. Now, put some blank lines on the bottom of your page. And if you want to write these down, I want you to write these down. But this is what I want to say to you, especially this week, right? Because uh, even though maybe 60%, 70% of our nation has already voted, I don't know what that number is, this is the week, right? And when you've been listening and hearing the buildup and all of that kind of stuff, 
And so I just want to speak to you as a pastor to believers. Number one, don't let anyone or anything take your eyes off of Jesus Christ. Especially this week. And you know, our job as Christians, now as Americans, go vote. Go vote, go vote, go vote. Go vote your heart. Go vote what God has called you to vote. And go vote and let your voice be heard. Amen. But as Christians, don't let anyone or anything take your eyes off of Jesus Christ. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be floating around from either side. Somebody is not going to have their way. And they're going to be happy to let the whole world know about it. Don't let someone suck you into all that language and all that talk. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You drink from a deeper well. Do you know what I'm referencing here? What am I referencing? What story in the Bible? Yeah, see? Thank you. John chapter 4. Jesus was sitting at a well. A woman came out of the city. She wants to draw water from the well. Jesus have a, has a conversation with her. And then he, you know, when he's like, can I have a drink of water? And she's like, you know, you're asking me for a drink of water. And he responded by saying, if you knew who I was, if you knew it was who was talking to you, you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. And immediately she knew, I am talking to somebody who is drinking from a deeper well than me. This week, you're going to hear a lot of conversations. And all I want you to do is speak into people's souls. That if you decide to make any comment on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or social media in any of its form, if you just at work with your neighbor, if you decide to speak, it should be evident to the listener that you are drinking from a deeper well. You speak about the things of God. That's what I'm calling you to do. And you bring hope and peace. You calm the situation. Don't, don't go ever. Don't, don't, don't lose your witness. Because the world is running after something very different. That's the first thing I want to say to you. Can I get an amen? Can we just, you agree? Is you agree? Okay. All right. And here's the second one. While others fight a political battle, we fight for people's souls. Lead others to drink from a deeper well also. We are leading people. Listen, it's for us, it's not who's going to sit in who's going to sit in the White House. For us, it's who's going to dwell in the house of the Lord. And that's we want everybody to dwell in the house of the Lord. It's going to be okay. Our mission doesn't change. We lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? And, and nothing takes us away from that. So our world will be okay. <laughs> Who's in control? God. Yeah. God's in control. And don't forget it. And move people to hell. You got a wonderful opportunity this week to speak in the name of Jesus. 
for the things of Jesus move people to their eternal home. Amen. Tyler, can you come up and if the worship team can? And so let's just spend just a couple of minutes by praying. I know we have communion in front of us. And for those of you who are new, as we exit and leave, we always uh, uh, offer this communion that you can just spend time with God. It's a really simple thing, taking this wafer and this, and this grape juice and eating and drinking it. But, but God is watching. And all you're really doing is making a simple declaration that, God, I want more of you in my life. I want more of your influence. I want more of your word. I want more of your spirit dwelling in me so that as I walk, I engage people in the message of Jesus Christ. And so as the band just prepares and as we start just playing a little, I just want to just pray with you. And I just want us to pause and let's just pray that the influence of God will go through us as a calming force on our streets everywhere we go in the name of Jesus this week. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God.